welcome to the Fairmont Bridge. The City of Fairmont's official podcast where you can join us weekly to hear from city employees across all of our departments, elected officials, city council members, local figures, and folks from all of our partnering agencies to get a real inside look at the basic functions, inner workings, and upcoming projects happening with your city government. So today we have a really, really, really special guest. <laughs> we have the backbone of the City of Fairmont with us today, Miss, the, Mrs. Janet Keller, our city clerk. Yes, the history book of the City of Fairmont. She remembers everything. So first, I'll, I'll just read a little bit about Janet. Um, Janet was born and raised in Fairmont. She graduated from Fairmont Senior High School in 1978 and started working for the City of Fairmont on December 26, 1978. She started working for the city in the finance department as a fire fee clerk, then served as a secretary to the purchasing director for several years, and then served as a secretary to the city manager for seven years before being appointed as the city clerk in 1990. Janet just completed 43 years working for the City of Fairmont with 32 of those years serving as a city clerk. She is very active with the West Virginia Clerk and Recorders Association and has served as the past president. She also served as the interim city manager from June 2015 to December 2015. In March 2018, she received the title of Certified Municipal Clerk by the International Institute of Municipal Clerks. She is one of only 12 city clerks in the state of West Virginia to have obtained this certification. She has worked for every city manager since the city manager form of government was adopted. She is married to Mark Keller, who is retired from the Marion County Board of Education, one son, Michael, who is a lieutenant with the City of Fairmont Police Department, and one daughter, Amy, who works at Stonewall Jackson Hospital in Weston, and is a proud grandmother of five grandchildren. Her family has had three generations of city employees serving the citizens of Fairmont from 1953 to the present between herself, her son, and her father, who was a retired firefighter after serving 28 years. Janet, thank you so much for agreeing to do this and joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Janet, we've been trying to get you in here since day one. I'm (laughs) glad we finally talked you into it. We um, didn't. We didn't want you to feel like you had to, but we also, you know, we're like Shay kept saying, "You guys, Janet's the one. Janet's the one that has all the information, and he's not wrong." You, you have been here since, as I read in, in your bio, you've been here since this um, form of government. So, um, you know, you've you've been here for all of it. You've seen it all. Yeah, I came before the building. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> So to get started today, we just want to let folks know what the primary functions of your position are, being a city clerk. So can you just kind of give a basic overview of what your job role entails here at the City of Fairmont? Um, The city clerk serves as the official record keeper for the City of Fairmont. I keep all ordinances and resolutions that are adopted by council, and I prepare the agenda uh, that goes out to the council. Um, once the council agenda is set, I send it out to the council members and to the department heads and the local media. I take and transcribe all the minutes for the city council meetings. And once they are adopted, they are placed in a permanent record. I serve as secretary to the police and fire civil service commissioners. I accept all applications for police officers and firefighters when we're taking applications. I oversee the written exams for the police and fire department, including any promotional exams that are given. And once a police officer or a firefighter is hired, I swear them in and give them the oath of office. 
um, I keep track of all the members that serve on city boards and commissions. And the most important function of the city clerk's office is that I serve as the chief election official for the city of Fairmont okay. and conduct the municipal elections. Now, were you hired as city clerk? Was that, was that the position you were hired as when you started? No, I was hired in the finance department okay. as the fire fee clerk. So you've, you've climbed the ranks, so to say. Exactly, yes. Nice. And worked yeah. in several departments. Right. So you mentioned elections. When are they, and what do you need to do if you're interested in running for city council? Okay. Um, the city council elections are held every two years, and they're held in November. And an easy way to remember is they're held in the even-numbered years. So in 2022, we will be having an election, and it will be held on November um, 8th. The city has nine council districts, and we have each council member represents a district that they live in, but um, everyone has to understand they still represent the city at large. Right. So even though they live in that district and represent that district, they represent the city at large. Yes, yes. I want to stress that because so many times people think that they can just call their council member if they have an issue, um, but they can call any of them and um, because they do represent the whole city. The terms for the council members are staggered. They're four-year terms, uh, and a council member cannot serve more than two terms. And um, once they do serve the eight years, which is the two terms, they could sit out for at least one term, and then they could always run for re-election if they would choose to do so at that time. The council terms are staggered, so not all the council terms expire at the same time. In one election, we may have four districts that are on the ballot. Then in two years for the next election, we will have the other five districts on the ballot. So that way they don't expire at the same time. In the November 8th election, we will have five districts that are open, but we will also have an unexpired term. Uh, so therefore, we will have six seats that will be up for grabs this coming election. The filing period will start in July. It starts July 11th and runs through August 10th. And to figure up the filing uh, dates, it's between 90 and 120 days before the election's held. So that will make it July 11th is the beginning of the filing period, and then it will end on August the 10th. So if anyone's interested in filing or wanting to know what district they live in, they can always call the office, and I can work them through any questions that they have. The filing fee is $15, and it's been that fee since um, this form of government was adopted. So the price of the filing fee has not increased. The only requirement to be a council member is that you have to be a resident of that district and live in that district that the whole time that you're in council, and you have to be a qualified voter, which means that you have to be a registered voter through the Marion County Voters Registration Office. And when someone does come in to file for city council, I do check that they are a registered voter in that district at that address before they can even complete their announcement of candidacy. And their address has to be where they rest their head at night, correct? And the address has to be where they yes. rest their head at night, exactly. If anybody is interested but um, maybe have moved and haven't updated their, their voter registration card, make sure that you do that before, before you come in to file. That's right, because if they do come in a file and their voter's registration shows them at a different address, they would have to get that updated before they could actually file. Okay. And know. we do have one seat that the, a current council member cannot seek re-election because he would be termed out. So uh, we do know that um, you know, there are 
least be one new council member mm-hmm. coming on because they cannot seek re-election. Okay. Before we get into some of the rest of the stuff we want to talk to you about, can you talk about the unexpired term and what that kind of kind of means? Sure. The unexpired term is because we had a council member that had resigned last August due to personal reasons. So whenever we have a resignation of council and there's a vacancy, council has 30 days to appoint someone to fill that unexpired term, or we would have to have a special election to fill that term. So they appointed someone to fill the unexpired term. So because there was two years left on the former council member's term, that this new person that was appointed would have to run for that other two-year unexpired term. So so that... That seat is currently, um, Nick Sinelli is in that seat right, right now. Right, it's the 7th District. Nick Sinelli is currently in that seat. And so he, he doesn't get to just be in that position right. for, for what would have been the other person's full term. Right. He was only appointed until the next municipal election, which was this year. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he could file again if he would like to serve the other two years of that unexpired term. And then any other residents in that district would be able to file as well. Okay. Okay. And whenever we have our, our city elections, you mentioned a special election. Elections are very costly, and a lot of people don't don't realize that. So we have our election in conjunction with the county's election. That's right. We have always had our election on the same day as the county's general election in November. So in 1990, when I became the city clerk, we started having our elections together and by that, I mean, I still do the filing period and the candidates file in my office. But once we do that, we have the drawing of the ballot um, for the names on the ballot with the county. Our ballot is printed at the end of the county ballot. When people receive their absentee ballots by mail, they also receive the city ballot as well as the county. So everything's done together. So with that, we decided to go ahead and have our elections jointly in conjunction with the county. So it's been a win-win for the city and for the county because I help send out the absentee ballots and help, you know, program the voting machines and help election day. So it's like an in-kind service. But since we have our elections on the same day, we just have them in conjunction with each other. Now during election season you are the you are the busiest person in the world yes. is that correct? <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. pretty much true. <laughs> and and especially a few elections ago when we had to do the the multiple recounts. Oh, yeah. Right. We started that election in that November, was... and it wasn't completed until February. We had two districts, <laughs> believe it or not, that ended up in a tie. And so that took some time to resolve. And two council members or two people that thought they were the winners ended up being losers. The losers ended up being a winner. But, yeah, it was... Um, it was hectic there for a while, but it was the longest election that we ever had, I think. Well, and has had that ever had that ever happened? Never before. No. Wow. Have we had some? Had we had some ties prior to? Or, no, we've no. had close races, like maybe you know five to ten votes separating the candidates, but never two ties in one election. So that was a was, unique experience. Well, when we had Josh Rice on, he was one of those, and and we talked about that. I said you got on council in probably the most dramatic way. Possible. Right. Yeah, I just hope and pray that never happens again. (laughs) Yeah. But that was the longest election. Yeah, it started in November and didn't get finalized until February. Yeah, it was the election that would never end. Right. Yeah. 
and election time janet spends a lot of time down at the election center getting everything ready with the county and so that was just you know she was down there from november to february many sleepless nights right yeah 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 long days and short nights yes but i also want to say too that and this is something i'm very very proud of is since we have our elections on the same day in 1990, when we started officially having them together, we were the first city, meaning the city of Fairmont and the Marion County Clerk's Office was the first city and county that ever had our elections together. And since then, I had discussed this at our city clerk meetings over the years, and a lot of other cities started doing that. It's a cost-saving measure for the municipalities. Some cities had to end up changing their charter and the date of their election so their elections would coincide with their county's election. But because of Fairmont and Marion County starting that process, I know there's uh, quite a few other cities that have started that too. So The trendsetters. So, yeah. yeah. The, the standard. Yeah. That's I'm pretty great. proud of that. So. Yeah, that's definitely something to be proud of. Yeah. Now, you, like you said a little bit earlier, you not only handle the filing for city council, but you also are in charge of filing for police and fire, civil service commissions, and, and a lot of our other boards. Would the process for signing up for any of those be a lot similar to what you would do to come in and file for city council? Um, actually, the process is a lot easier. Okay. Um, the city of Fairmont has 24 boards and commissions that I keep track of. I keep track of all the members and their terms. And when a board member gets close to their expiration date for their term expiring, I contact them to see if they would like to be reappointed. And if so, then I let council know that they are interested in being reappointed and we put that appointment on on the agenda. If someone does not want to be reappointed or there's a vacancy on a board for some reason, then we post it on the city's website. We post it on the city's Facebook page that we have an opening and we also advertise that vacancy on that board in the newspaper. Okay. Um, the city of Fairmont has a page on the website that is a fillable form that um, residents can go in and submit their name and all their contact information if they're interested in serving on one of our city boards and commissions. And we encourage them to do that online because once they do that, it comes directly to my office. Um, and there's also a list of all the city boards and commissions on our city website. Um, so if anybody's interested in serving, then they can look to see what boards and commissions are available. Uh, once we do receive that board and commission application, if there's not a vacancy on that board at that time, we do keep those applications on file for two years. And then when there is a vacancy, we do go through the file to see if anybody has expressed interest, you know, prior to that expiration and they are given consideration. And it's pretty much almost the same for the police and fire applications. If anybody's interested in submitting an application for police and fire and we're not accepting applications at that time, um, they can go to the City of Fairmont's website page and there's an interest form and they can complete that form. And again, it comes directly to me. And then I contact them when we are accepting applications and send them an application packet for whether uh, it's the police or fire department, whichever department they're interested in, in um, testing for. Okay. With the with the boards and commissions, some of those have different requirements. I know, for instance, just with my experience with the Parks Commission, you have to be a freeholder, uh, which is a property owner in the city of Fairmont. Um, but we always, you always include all of those details in, in the posting. So that's something too, if you see 
if, if people see one that we post that they're interested in, make sure, you know, to read the, the full post because it will have those requirements. That's true. And a lot of our boards and commissions are set by state statute as far as how many members can serve in a board and if they are a property owner or a freeholder. And uh, we even have two boards and commissions that you have to be a certain political party to serve on. Mm. And that was because when that state code was written back in the 1920s, it's never been changed since that time. So, yeah, there's different requirements for different boards and commissions. Uh, Some you can live as long as you're in the city limits or even out in the surrounding um, waterline area that we serve. So it is best for everybody to look to see what the requirements are for the, each board and commission that they would be interested in serving on. So there are boards where you have to be a certain political party or right. or there's there has to be a certain number of both. You I'm can't kinda... have more than, well, for instance, they are our police and fire civil service commissioners. But because the way the state law was written when that board was created by the state back in the 1920s, uh, you cannot have two more two commissioners of the same political party. Oh wow! Or not more than two commissioners of the same political party. Okay. So, um, so, so when they file for that, I have to ask them what political party they okay. are. And um, so you and have to have one of each. Is that how I'm? One of I'm, each, okay. or you can't have more than two of each. So you could have okay. like one Democrat, one Republican, one nonpartisan. Gotcha. Um, okay. Or you can have two Democrats and one Republican, but you just can't have all, all of them from all of from them the one same. political party. Huh. And that makes no difference, really, these days in performing their job as a civil service commissioner. Yeah. So it, I think so. It's maybe that's something, something that needs to be looked that at. Definitely mm-hmm. needs to be changed. But it would have to be changed with the state legislatures and not with the city of Fairmont. And can I mention one other thing that this is something that I'm really proud of um, when you're speaking about the police and fire. Several years ago, I lobbied with the state legislature for like two years trying to get the code changed that when we took applications for police officer, the law stated that you would have to have three people on the list in order to hire one. So if you had a list of eligible candidates and you got down to the last two, you could not hire those last two because you did not have three to hire from. I know it sounds silly, but that was the law. So there's been many times where our list was exhausted because we could not hire the last two applicants on that list. So I lobbied with the legislatures for probably two years. And then um, a former House Delegate member, Michael Angelusi, supported that that thought and uh, proposed proposed a bill to the legislatures, and thanks to him, we got that changed. So now if we have a list of eligibles to hire for police officers, um, we can hire them clear to the last person. We don't have to have the three names to hire one anymore. Gotcha. So I'm really glad that happened because not only did that help Fairmont, it helped all municipalities Mm -hmm. because I think all municipalities are in the same situation where when we take applications for police officers, we don't get as many as we did back, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. And so we're glad and we're fortunate to get the applicants that we do have. Mm -hmm. So this just gave us maybe the hiring of a couple other people that we would not be able in the past to hire from that list. 
and in that situation, you would have to tell those last two, we're really sorry we can't hire you. So if you want to, you can retest. Right, that's exactly what we did. And then they'd have to did. go through that whole process all over again. So it's also good, you know, for them, too. They don't have to go through that that's process exactly all right. over. And yeah, we always encourage them to reapply if that ha- ever happened. And it has happened. Yeah. And and you have to buy, you know, they do a written test and they do a, a physical test. You have to pay for those tests. So that's also a cost saving sure. for the city as well. It sure is. And in fact, this coming Saturday on January 15th, we are giving a police officer exam and we took applications probably for a two month period. And we have eight applicants that will be testing after spending two months advertising. So um, it's to the point we're just glad to get the applicants that we do. But, and this is pretty much statewide where it's just minimal applicants that we get for those positions so right we talked to this kind of sad we talked to the fire chief recently and he said that the the lists use the eligibility list used to last three years right and that's not really the case for for the fire department or the police department anymore that's exactly right and the state code says that the list shall be good for three years unless it is exhausted which means we would hire everybody off of that list and i know in past years just Previous years, uh, not too long ago, we would give sometimes as many as three and four police uh, tests a year. And usually in the past, we have given as many as two tests for firefighters. So I encourage anybody that would ever want to become a police officer or firefighter to contact me and at least Mm -hmm. give me your contact information so I can notify the applicants when we're testing again. So yeah, fill out that interest form on the website. You also mentioned the promotional exams that are civil service um, promotional exams. So a lot of people probably don't realize the police officers and the firefighters, in order to get a promotion, they have to, I guess the point of this is to prove that they are knowledgeable in their field and, and they have to test in order to, to obtain that promotion. Right. And once they're hired, they're always test or they're always studying in order to prepare themselves for these promotional exams. And in order for each department to test for promotion, they have to be in that lower grade for at least a two-year period. So um, most of them are looking forward to getting promoted, Mm -hmm. and they're always studying in order to prepare for an upcoming promotional exam. And those guys are always lined up outside your door whenever one is uh, right. One is open, right? Exactly. The very first day to accept applications to file for promotions are usually lined outside the door and yep. <laughs> waiting. Yep. That's a good thing. So, for, so <laughs> for the most part, if anyone wants to do anything with the city, for the most part, they're going to have to talk to you at some point. That's probably true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you... Uh... Yeah, and I'll be glad to help them with whether it's police fire or whether it's council questions or whatever well and that's one thing we don't I'm going to ask you something that's not on this Janet but I know that this isn't it's not a curveball question by any means but with the council meetings you know you go you you get everything set up for those meetings you set up all of your stuff so that you can record it and then come back and 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 type up the minutes but also people can contact you if they want to do a citizen's petition that's right they can contact me we do have an item on our agenda it's called citizens petitions and this is where anybody would want to come to a council meeting to speak 
about something that's not on the agenda or it's not a public hearing, but it has to be city related. And they have five minutes to address council. And a lot of times people bring concerns to council that we didn't know that existed. So we do appreciate them, you know, letting us know things that we need to take care of. So they're more than welcome to come to any council meetings. Uh, We like for people to notify me at least by the day of the meeting. So when we get to that point on the agenda, we know someone is in the room there to speak. So, but they can sign up uh, even 15 minutes before the meeting starts, but I'd like for them to sign up earlier just so we know. And if it's some kind of a complaint that we can maybe look into or get some kind of summary about what has happened so, you know, we know what the problem is. Mm-hmm. But after the meeting starts, they can't, right. they can't they sign up have... mid-meeting. You have to do it ahead of time. Right. And and when people come to the meeting, and if it's somebody new that I don't recognize, I do go and approach them and ask them before the meeting starts if they are here just to observe or if they want to speak, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times they don't know that they have to sign up to speak. So I want to make sure I get everybody signed up if they are there to uh, speak. And uh, there there have been there have been many occasions where we've had meetings that are just full of full of citizens petitions. Yeah. Exactly. Those are those yeah. are normally the fun ones, right? The long, right. The long haul meetings. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we don't have any for a while, and then one meeting they all come. So, and <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when you least expect it, right? That's yeah. right. Sometimes it just happens. That's yeah. right. So, Janet, you have worked for the city for forty-three years. This has been working here has been your only job, right? I started when I was eighteen years old. Wow. Um, yeah. So how have things changed throughout the years now compared to when you started? Well, when I first started in the city clerk's office, there was always two people in the city clerk's office. There was a clerk and the deputy. Well, now I'm a department of one. And when I first started in the office, this is awful to say, but the only thing we had was a typewriter. So there was no computer or no electronic means to keep track of anything. Everything was done by hand. So of course now we have a computer and all of our minutes are saved electronically and and so it's just a lot different from when I first started. And then over the years, the technology has changed and it's helped improve the city clerk's office. When I first became the city clerk, my office used to take care of the issuance of all business license. And back then, all records were kept by hand. And again, this might be awful to say, but all of our records for business licenses were kept on little index cards. Wow. And I still have those index cards today. And All of them. All of them. That's awesome. And this is funny because just last week somebody called me and asked me about a business that was located on a certain street when that business started and when it had closed. And I went through my little index cards and I found out that that business started in 1945 and it closed in December of 1973. I still have all those records. But of course, nowadays, everything's kept electronically and it's on a computer system, but of course now the business licenses are handled through our finance department. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, but but we managed just fine, and we could find everything, and everything worked out fine. Another change that has taken place over the years is when someone comes in to file for city council, that I give them an oath saying that the information that they provided on their announcement of candidacy is true and accurate. We had a situation several years ago where someone had come in to file and they told us that they lived at a certain address and they did not live at that address. So we have to now give them an oath 
saying that the information that they're supplying to us to be put on the ballot is true and accurate. And it's a shame we have to do that. That is a shame. But we have to do that. So, and I try to explain to every candidate that comes in, there's a reason why we do this. So, and also over the years that have changed is, uh, some people don't know this, but years ago when they printed the ballots for an election, the names were always rotated on the ballot. And so like if someone would say vote for candidate number two or vote for candidate number three on the ballot, it would be the same or it would not be the same. I'm sorry. So nowadays, due to the printing costs, the legislature's changed that law that says all ballots will now be held at a random drawing. So uh, once the filing date ends for an election, all the candidates are held at a random drawing for each district. So now all the ballots will be the same. So if someone says to vote for candidate two or candidate three on the ballot, then all ballots are the same. But years ago, the names used to be rotated, so you could not do that. So um, I always thought that was interesting, and I didn't know that until the state changed the law saying we'll have the uniform drawing, and um, here it's because of all the printing costs it was to rotate the names. Then, I don't know, I think everything just over the years has to do with the technology change, and everything's a lot easier now, even though things worked before to keep information and to research information, but um, everything's just easier now. Well, so... Just for those who don't know, City Hall is located um, in the back of, we are, we're in the building that's adjacent to the courthouse. It's connected to the courthouse. We're on the third floor of the J. Harper Meredith building. When you started, we were not in this building, correct? Right. We were 211 Monroe Street. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, we were three floors. And that was the, that's the old fire station the on Monroe Street, The old fire station on Monroe okay. Street, right. So at one time, every office for the city was in that building. Right everything all the offices that are here in this building now was was in that building and of course with the fire and police department um they did the water billing out of that office they had the planning office there um everybody was on different floors and um of course back then there was no elevator or anything so a lot of times people that needed to see somebody on the third floor a lot of times those employees would have to come down to the first floor because some you know, people could not make it up the steps. Can you can you remember just by memory, like where what floors the certain offices were? Oh yes. Okay, so don't 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 go any further because I've been through the building multiple times just for various reasons because we still own the building, of course, and and um, there are remnants of old departments. Just the way like there's there's old equipment in some of the rooms. And I just, I kind of have an idea of maybe where some of the offices were. So I'm going to take a wild guess and say that the planning office was on the third floor. It was. Fire was on the third floor. The fire was on the first floor behind the truck base. No, no, no. Yes. It's the engineering department was on the third floor next to planning. And water was... Water was on the first floor. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, (laughs) I was one out of three right there. Right. The police was on two. The police was on two. Mm-hmm. And the holding cell or the jail or whatever was down in the down basement. Down at the bottom. Uh-huh. But the engineering office was upstairs on the third floor beside the planning, and it has these great big huge tables. And there was some type of court on mm-hmm. the second floor. Right. Yeah. That's the That was the old council chambers, okay. believe it. That was the first council chambers, and that also used to serve as the police court, too. Uh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, 
It was just a small, tiny room. So for the, so the fire department was right behind the truck bases where those guys slept? They slept up. Or was they it slept above? on the second floor. They, on the right, second they floor. did. Mm-hmm, because they, the little hole where the pole, pole was is still up there. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. But now the chief's office and the secretary to the chief and the fire prevention training officer was right behind where they parked the fire trucks in the truck bay. Okay. And so, of course, every time the fire truck started up, you know, they had all the exhaust from the trucks coming into the offices. And, and uh, I can always remember... When I was down there, that the, when the trucks would start up, they would hurry up and close the office doors so the exhaust wouldn't go in there. But where was the clerk's office? It was on the second floor. On the second floor, uh-huh. also. And then, were we city manager form of government then? That's when it started. That's right? when it started. Mm-hmm. So it was a city manager's office. It was office on the second floor on as the well. Second floor too. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you just had to pick a handful of of some of your favorite city council memories, what would they be? Good or bad? This the the ones that really stand out to you. Craziest. Yeah, just just some that stand out to you in your in your forty three years here at the city. Some of them that I can remember, I really don't want to say because I always called them my bloopers. Okay. Well, hey. <laughs> I uh, whether it was me misreading something at a council meeting, okay. then thinking, oh my goodness, why did I say that? I'm sure no one noticed. And, uh, oh, I'm sure they did. Um, <laughs> or calling a council member by the wrong name. Oh, that no. was always stands out. <laughs> and um, Or one of our council members falling in the, in the council chambers. Oh, my uh, I mean, we've had different things over the years that well those sound but, like great memories but i always call them my bloopers but well, everyone everyone loves the bloopers, the bloopers but uh, the but i think probably my memories for myself is probably the swearing in of the council members and the swearing in of the mayor and deputy mayor and i know some people may think that's no big deal but to those people getting sworn in, that is a big deal it's a huge and deal. it's always kind of emotional for me because mm-hmm. i'm so proud to administer their oath and be the first one to congratulate them. And I will always remember those times. And um, so those are my good memories. It's funny that you say that because in the fire chief in Ed Simmons's bio, he says that you, the date that you swore him in and that you pinned his badge on him. And he remembers that it was, it was you. I remember that exactly. You were probably in thousands of photos um, swearing in photos swearing in. throughout the years. And and what one that will stand out in my mind was um, one of the firefighters got promoted. And even though his wife and the family was at the ceremony for him to get sworn in, he asked me to pin his badge on him. And I always said, don't you want your wife to do this? (laughs) And he said, absolutely not. You were the first person I met when I applied to be hired. And that I was always nice and kind to him. And I will never forget that, that I got to pin his badge on him, even though his family was in the the room there. Who was that? It was Dave Perkins. Dave Perkins, and he recently retired. And well, that's I. That's who I thought it was because I've heard that story before. And then when his sons started at the fire department, I was honored to pin and to swear in both of his sons that are current firefighters now. Yeah. And one of the most emotional swearing ins for me was when my son became a police officer in 1994. And um, I got to swear him in as a police officer. And then both times that he was promoted up through the ranks. 
and I think it was more, I don't know, more emotional for me than it was for him. So, and that's something I always remember. It's also, you know, three generations of your family have have worked here, right. two, two still working here. Right. So, and you guys have covered multiple areas of the city as of, well. Of public service, yeah. yes. And I worked here when my dad worked here. Yeah. He worked here from 1953 to 1981. And of course, I started in 78. Mm-hmm. So I was here, you know, for a few years before he retired. So, um, and you guys would have worked in the same building. And at we that worked point. in the same building. That's cool. Yes, that's really cool. So, all right. So, you've worked with a lot of council members. Um, so, who are some of your favorite? And just so that we don't get you in trouble uh, with anybody that's on council right now, who are some of your favorite ca- ca- former council members? Well, I've enjoyed working with all the mayors and council members throughout the years. Throughout the years, there's been more that I've kept, some that I've kept in touch with more than others. Some of the former ones, we go out for dinner sometimes still and uh, keep in touch and contact each other often. I've enjoyed working for all of them. And, um, you know, one of the ones that was influential in my life was the former mayor, which was Greg Hinton. Um, I had he, Greg as a, as a professor right? in college. I never forget Greg yep. as long as I live. What a and, guy. Um, you know, Fran Warner has not only been a former council member, but she's a personal friend of mine to this day. And so there's been a lot throughout the years, but um, we just keep in touch different ways. And and um, I said I've been blessed to make so many good friends over the years. And it's something that I will always cherish is their friendships, even when I leave the city of Fairmont. And sometimes when I'm out in the public or at the grocery store or at a restaurant, some of the former council members um, and even some of the former applicants for police and fire come up to me and speak to me and say, do you remember me? And, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, we still keep in touch. And so, um, but really, they're all kind of special in their own way. And um, so I'm just glad to have I've known all the ones that I've met and uh, I'll always cherish our friendships. That's a good answer. No one, no one will be upset with that answer. No, no absolutely not. <laughs> We didn't. We didn't want to say like, who are your favorite current council members? Because then, you know, like some of them would I could be in trouble. Get a little competitive, and, or maybe we should do that. <laughs> and after all, I'm an employee of council oh, yeah. because the council has two employees, the city manager and myself. So. Oh, that's right. So talk about that too, because that's something that we didn't really cover. Right. Um, yeah, that's good to know. Um, the city council does have the two employees, which are the city manager and myself. We work at the will and pleasure of council. And then all the other city employees are under the direction and supervision of the city manager. But, um, but I work directly for council and could say that I'm probably supervised by the city manager. So they do have two employees. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Right. And can I, um, it just popped into my head, I wanted to say one more thing. You know, we have nine council members, and one of the council members among the nine does serve as mayor. But the mayor is just... A ceremonial position only. The mayor, whoever he or she may be, has no administrative uh, powers with the city. They're not involved in the day-to-day operations of the city. And I know so many times the public thinks that the mayor's in charge, but yes, he or she is the chief elected official. But it's only a ceremonial position. Mm -hmm. And that means the only thing that person does more than any other council member is conduct the council meetings. Right. And 
I think that's very important that people understand that because I don't think they know exactly what the role of a council member is to a certain point. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to stress that just to let people know that, you know, um, I know every once in a while they said the mayor should be elected by the voters. But really what they do is they elect all nine as the council members, then they elect among themselves one of their peers to just conduct the council meetings right. and keep things keep things in order during yes. the city right. council. Yes. And I always say, and go cut ribbons at, at yes. ribbon and, ceremonies. Yes, right. So yeah. it is a ceremonial position, but that has no power as the administration of the city. They do not hold an office at city hall. Yeah. They right. do not no earn office. a salary. Um, they are like a like a full what a full time employee mayor, right. right because yeah. some cities do have full time mayors that actually run the city quote unquote mm-hmm. um, but uh, but our mayor is just a ceremonial mayor no matter who or she is in the past or in the future mm-hmm. but it's just um, to conduct the council meetings yeah because gotcha. that's something you mentioned salary they do may they do get paid when they are on council um, but it is. $200 per meeting, okay. and then the mayor gets paid $300 per meeting. Okay. So so it's not what a lot of people think would be, you know, It's not what you'll see salary. if you go to Glassdoor.com and search Fairmont mayor. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, it's definitely uh, not. Now, some cities in West Virginia, when we had Valerie on, we talked about different forms of government. We are a city manager form of government not a strong mayor so what a lot of people think we are a strong mayor whenever they think that the mayor has all of this power but that's not this form of government there there are seven different forms of government that the state of west virginia recognizes and so if anybody wants to change their form of government they have to make sure that they change it as to a form of government that is accepted by the state of west virginia right but yeah we do have the the manager council member form of government gotcha and not a strong mayor yeah well we covered a lot of ground yeah. here today janet we we thank you for yeah. joining us we thank you for everything you do um we're me and you are office buddies your office neighbors your, yeah. your office is right cross, beside mine so i enjoy chit-chatting with you every day and we is, just we, we really enjoy you here is there anything else that you feel like the public really needs to know that maybe they don't know? It would be nice for people to know that the city of Fairmont has a lot of good, dedicated, quality city employees that have given their life to this place, that do a very good job, that try to provide the best service for the residents of the city of Fairmont. And I think all the city employees need to be commended for their jobs and once in a while maybe people could give everyone a thank you for their service and um but there's a lot of of um, good quality people here and a lot of good friends of mine and so i just think that the public needs to every once in a while just say thank you to a city employee for their service very well said yeah absolutely very well said absolutely well janet thank you so much um you do so much for everybody here um if and my number one recommendation to people when they're like, how can I find out about this? I'm like, call Janet, because she knows. She <laughs> has the answers. She is our uh, our City of Fairmont encyclopedia. She has all of the information. Um, but we, we appreciate everything that you do. And we are so glad that you agreed to join us um, to record an episode of this podcast. Oh, thank you so, so much. And 
Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Alex, for having me. And Absolutely. Maybe we'll do another one next week. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Hannah, so where can where can folks find more about the Fairmont Bridge? Look, look for upcoming episodes. Well, Alex, um, they can follow the City of Fairmont on Facebook, City of Fairmont City Hall. Uh, you can also find the podcast on the City of Fairmont website. Just search the Fairmont Bridge. It'll take you right to the page. And you can get this podcast everywhere that you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Anchor. Anywhere. There you have it. We're, we're all over the place. We're yeah. everywhere. And Alex always likes to ask for a five-star review on Apple. Please. So. Five stars, no less. Yeah. All right, well, this has been another great episode of the podcast. We have been the Fairmont Bridge, the city of Fairmont's official podcast, and we are signing off. Bye. Bye.